horse of Kansas. I'm Assistant Curator Merle Riedel, and you're listening to a May 9, 2007 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. In this bi-weekly podcast, museum staff reveal the story behind the story about artifacts featured on the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. Welcome to the third episode of a 12-part series dedicated to objects from the museum's current exhibit, Game Faces, Kansans and Sports. Now stick with me, because this gets a little complicated. Today, Assistant Registrar Nikayla Zimmerman and I travel to the University of Kansas to explain how an evil dictator's autograph made its way to a postal clerk in Oklahoma by way of an Olympic athlete that was never supposed to be able to walk. The autograph belonged to Adolf Hitler. The Olympic athlete was Glenn Cunningham. And the postal clerk was Leslie Heath. Their connection can be explained by examining a letter from the 1936 Olympics. Good morning, Merle. Good morning, Nikayla. So we're here to talk about your latest Cool Things article, which concerned a letter written during the 1936 Olympic Games. And uh, we're on location again. We're not in your office. Correct. We are currently um, at Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas, and it is about 11.20 in the morning, and uh, we're watching some pole vaulters right now. Um, we are here at Memorial Stadium for what is known as the KE Relays, which is a, um, a famous track and field event held annually. Athletes that are amateur athletes in AAU, um, collegiate athletes, and even high school athletes get to compete in this event. And uh, it's located in Lawrence. Lawrence is about an hour west of Kansas City. Um, and the reason we're here is because the letter that I'll be talking about was uh, written by Glenn Cunningham, who was a track athlete at the University of Kansas. He actually competed in these relays in the 1930s, and he complete, competed in this very stadium in the 1930s. Which this is the 80th year for the relays. Correct. So. It's the 80th year celebration of the KU relays, which a lot of phenomenal athletes have, um, have made their appearance in these relays. It's true. So let's talk a little bit more about Glenn Cunningham. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about him and what he was doing in Berlin in 1936? I can. I can tell you about Glenn Cunningham, who is also known as the Elkhart Express, the Kansas Flyer, the Iron Horse of Kansas. Um, he was a distance runner, and uh, he grew up in Kansas. Um, he, he was born in Atlanta, Kansas in 1909, but he spent most of his youth... Um, he grew up in Elkhart in a small town near Elkhart, near Elkhart called Rolla. Um, he was, like I said, he was a distance runner, and many sort of consider him to be the greatest American miler. Um, and he was really famous for his time too, because in fact, a lot of tra track athletes were really famous because um, this was a time period prior to pro athletes, pro athletics being televised. So um, people really got into going to their local uh, track meets and watching track athletes. A farming family. His family was sort of nomadic. His dad liked to move around a lot. So though he spent most of his time in Elkhart, they actually went to a couple places. Um, for a period, they were living in Colorado, um, and then they moved back to Elkhart. And even for a little while, they lived in a World War One Army surplus tent outside of Elkhart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so he started running at an early age, and he started running at local county fairs. And he um, got some publicity, and then they recruited him at the University of Kansas. So he came here, and he ran. And uh, while he was here, he really dominated the Big 12 distance running. Um, um, 
But you know what's interesting is, as a as an amateur athlete, he wasn't allowed to make money, right? But he still had to pay for his education, and his family was just farming family, so so they didn't have a lot of money. So he actually to earn money, he cleaned the stadium and he cleaned football uniforms after um, after the games, and he did it for about forty cents. So he actually wow. cleaned this very stadium that we're standing in. <laughs> he would clean it after the game. So um, again, also just to give you some reference, he ran in the KU relays. He ran in. Um, he actually toured Europe and Asia running in different athletic events there. Um, some of his best times was in 1934. He ran he ran the mile in four minutes and six seconds. Wow. Well, four minutes, six seconds, and eight, eight-tenths of a second. Um, and then in 1938, he, he had an unofficial record. It wasn't really recognized, but um, it was a time of four minutes, four seconds, and four-tenths of a second. So, so the thing with that is... is um, People didn't think you could beat the four-minute mile. That was the big goal. That was that was the sort of the holy grail was to beat the four-minute mile. And in 1938, uh, Glenn was coming pretty close to beating that. He actually competed in the 1932 Los Angeles Games where he finished fourth, and it was kind of a disappointing uh, disappointing finish for him. So he was determined in the 1936 game he was going to win it, and he was actually the heavy the heavied favorite going into the games. And the 1936 games, he went there. He had a buddy of his, maybe some people recognize Jesse Owens, was a friend of his, and he had a pretty good experience at the games too. Um, on the boat ride over there, his fellow athletes actually voted him the most popular athlete. Okay, the 1936 Olympic Games were highly crunched controversial. Why so? Hitler um, won the election and he was appointed chancellor in 1931 and that put the Nazi party in power. And um, I'm sorry, that was in 1933 that he won the election. It was in 1931, two years prior to him coming to the Nazi party coming to power, that is when Berlin won the bid for the 1936 Olympics. So Hitler comes to power, and he was actually not a big fan of the Olympic ideal um, prior to that. But then he started thinking about it, him and his buddies, and they sort of co-opted into a way they were going to turn it into a propaganda event to promote Nazi ideology. So while the games were controversial, they were also highly innovative. What did the Nazi organizers introduce to the games? Um, one of the most significant things, especially to the, in relation to this letter, um, they introduced, well, they didn't introduce, but they perfected the idea of the Olympic Village. The Olympic Village, which is kind of an icon of the Olympics today, it's where all the athletes and all the supporters of the, um, sort of the support network for the athletes, they all reside in an Olympic Village, which is located, you know, fairly close to the Games. Okay, the first Olympic Village didn't appear until 1932 in the LA Games, which is also the first time that you saw the Olympic torch. And they were... And in very L.A., Hollywood, glitzy style, <laughs> they introduced all these, these sort of, you know, famous things that we see today, like the Olympic Village and the Torch. So, um, the 1936 Games in Berlin, they really perfected the Olympic Village. It was a huge complex with, with multiple 150 single-story dormitories for the athletes, for the male athletes. Female athletes got hosted somewhere else. Nice. But, um... They had each each dormitory had a kitchen where huge staffs of cooks said that they could prepare meals from any nation. Um, there were huge shooting ranges and horse stables located nearby. Um, the Olympic complex had saunas and swimming pools, um, and also they had the first ice machines. Every uh, all the kitchens had ice machines, and all the buildings were fitted with showers, which was a real sort of novelty in the 1930s. And the reason they all had showers is because Hitler um, thought that baths were really unsanitary, and he demanded that all of them have showers. Uh, though the torch was introduced in 1932, the idea of the Olympic torch relay was a Nazi concept um, to run the torch from the original Olympic Games in Athens to Berlin. 
and it was also the first game to be televised. Um, and it was interestingly enough the first Olympiad, the first Olympic Games to include basketball. Which one of the reasons it had basketball in the game is because Naismith and Fog Allen, who were both coaches at the University of, Can- University of Kansas, uh, really campaigned to make basketball an Olympic event. What made Glenn Cunningham's participation in the game so miraculous and inspirational? Um, at the age of nine, him and his brother uh, were caught in a schoolhouse fire outside of Elkhart, Kansas. And um, his brother was actually killed, and Glenn was severely burned. And Glenn was so, so severely burned that doctors told his parents that he was going to basically be an invalid. And they were um, suggesting the idea of amputating his legs, which, of course, his parents refused to believe. And Glenn recovered, and he became a phenomenal mile runner. Did Cunningham medal in either of his Olympic appearances? Um, yes, he did. Actually, he, um, like I said, he ran the 1932 LA Games, uh, but he only he placed fourth, so he didn't medal. And then he, but he did place second in the 1936 1500 meter run. And um, actually, the 1500 meter run was sort of the premier event of the 1936 games. Like I said, distance running, track track runners were really popular. People were really wanting to see this run because. Um, Glenn Cunningham had been heavily publicized for for years in the United States prior to the event, and there was a lot of other athletes that were heavily publicized. And um, so it was an impressive run, but actually uh, Cunningham was beat by Jack Lovelock of New Zealand. Um, but the game was actually ran so fast uh, that the first five runners to cross the line blasted the, uh, the previous world record. It's pretty amazing. That is a fast run. Okay, so Cunningham wrote the letter... Uh, while he was in the Olympic Village, um, who did he send the letter to? Right. Well, let me describe the letter a little bit. I mean, it's it's a um, it's a letter on yellow parchment, and it's on official Olympic Village letterhead. And so, up in the top left-hand corner, there's actually sort of a little decal or an icon of the Olympic Village. And he also sent it in an envelope. And the envelope on the back side has um, stamps, um, and they have like uh, up in the top right, it's a Nazi, a Nazi swastika and a Nazi wow. imperial eagle because it was sent from Germany. Right. Um, and he sent this to a guy named Leslie Heath. Um, Leslie Heath Heath was a postmaster in Texoma, Oklahoma. Um, and you're asking, you're wondering, like, how did Glenn Cunningham in Berlin? What was his relationship to this guy in Texoma, Oklahoma? Well, when Glenn was young, he played baseball in Elkhart. Um, Elkhart is about an hour north of Texoma, Oklahoma. Uh, he, Leslie Heath often worked as a referee for baseball games, for, like, Little League baseball games. So he refereed one of Glenn Cunningham's baseball games when he was a kid in Elkhart, and that's when they first met. Well, Heath was also a postmaster. He's an avid stamp collector, and he kept up this relationship with Cunningham. And uh, while he was at the game, Heath wrote him a letter requesting him to send him some German stamps. And so uh, Cunningham wrote this letter, sent him some stamps, maybe some other stuff, and uh, and he sent him back. And that's how, and, and then when Leslie Heath received it. Again, Glenn Cunningham was really famous, so he was all excited to receive it. And uh, he showed the letter to everybody. And it actually like rotated. According to Leslie Heath's grandson, who was telling me this stuff, it stayed at one family member's house, and then the letter moved to another family member's house. And that's why it's so worn out today. <laughs> that's a pretty cool story in itself. Okay, so on the back of the letter are some autographs that appear to be those of Jesse Owens and Adolf Hitler. Do you think they're authentic? I don't know. I can't authenticate. I can't authenticate the signatures because um, uh, because I just can't because <laughs> I don't know enough. 
<laughs> but um, but talking to the grandson who is relay who relayed the story, there are some there's some components that line up that make it possibly conceivable that these could be authentic autographs. Okay, so first, um, first we'll talk about the Jesse Owens autograph. Jesse Owens and Glenn Cunningham were believed to be, well, first of all, they were friends, and they were believed to be roommates in the Olympic Village throughout the game. So it's possible at any moment he could have had Jesse Owens sign something. Okay, so the Adolf Hitler. Okay, that's, that's an interesting story, oh, and that cool. would be the 800-meter race beginning. <laughs> Hitler would often visit the Olympic Village, and that's known, right? And he would often bring a lot of like little German children with him, and they would have big signing parties, and he would autograph things. And that's that's pretty substantiated, too. I mean, he autographed a lot of stuff during those games in particular, and he often used kids as media and propaganda events, okay? And so the story goes that Glenn Cunningham was, was going out to eat breakfast, and Hitler and all these kids were there for a media event um, at breakfast. And the Olympic Village letterheads were always passed out. They laid it out all over the place so at any moment somebody could pick them up and have Hitler autograph them. Well, that's exactly what Glenn Cunningham did, according to the grandson, is that he sat down next to Hitler, turned to Hitler, <laughs> and said, I'm a big fan of yours. Oh, no. Can I have you sign this? And I and I just want to make clear, I don't think Glenn Cunningham was necessarily a big fan of his. I think Glenn Cunningham did not like him, but he wanted his autograph um, Almost to sort of mock him, um, because when he because the story goes that when he went back to his room where Jesse Owens was, he showed Jesse Owens probably just to get under his skin a little bit, like <laughs> athletes like to do to each other. He's bragged to him that he got Adolf Hitler's signature, and so Jesse Owens says, "Well, you can't send that back to Kansas with Adolf Hitler's signature on it without somebody else's." So that's why Owens signed it himself. So that kind of leads to my next question: um, What does one say to get an autograph from an evil dictator? I think you're right. Cunningham couldn't be like, "You're an evil." dictator i need your autograph well okay here's the thing um i personally could not bring myself to say i'm a big fan of yours <laughs> i would just be flat honest with them i would just say you know i hear you're an evil dictator and i think your autograph could get me some mileage it might be worth something someday. right you are hitler so I Two thousand seven marks the eightieth anniversary of the KU relays. Almost fifty years ago, Glenn Cunningham made headlines at this very competition. Nikayla and I descend on the track events to find out what spectators and athletes knew about Glenn Cunningham. Um, if you want to just tell me your name and where you're originally from, Randy Kirk, born in Wichita, Kansas, living in Olathe. Okay. And do you have someone competing here today? Yeah, Josh Kirk. He's a decathlete for KU. Okay. And. Um, are you? Uh, were you a track athlete yourself? Uh, in high school, I did it two years. Yeah. Yeah, but did you compete at the KU? No, huh? Is this your? Uh, is, did you say that was your son? Yes. Is yeah. this his first year at the KU Relays? Uh huh. He did it in high school, and he's done it a couple years in college now. Okay, so let me ask you some trivia. Um, have you ever heard of the name Glenn Cunningham before? I don't think so. He was a 1500 meter runner from Elkhart, Kansas. He was famous. <laughs> See, you're a track athlete. You're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Okay, so who is Glenn Cunningham? Uh, he was a famous uh, miler from uh, Kansas. Right. And uh, was an Olympian two or three times. Right. Uh, and part of the long legacy, uh, probably the beginning of the long legacy of uh, great Kansas milers. Yeah. What's your name again? I'm uh, Jim Temp. I'm the coach at Bethel University. Right. That's a good coach right there. <laughs> Uh, my name is Brian Schiller, and I do the decathlon. And where are you from? Uh, Eudora, Kansas. My name is Tom Havron. I'm from Helena, Montana, and I'm a coach. 
Okay, um, so I got a trivia question for you guys because I work at a museum. Uh, we're gonna see, we're gonna test your knowledge. Um, Smith on hold. Do you know who Jesse Owens is? I have a quote on the back of my shirt. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Who, who is he? Uh, he's a sprinter, jumper, Olympian, and competed in the Berlin Games. Right, right. But more importantly, who was his roommate during the Berlin Games? Do you know who Glenn Cunningham is? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, he was a 1,500-meter run from oh. Elkhart, Kansas, originally. And he was roommates with Jesse Owens. Okay. I saw your quote on your back, and I was like, these guys know Jesse Owens. They're, of course they're going to know who Glenn Cunningham is. My name's Eric Babb from Garden City, Kansas. I jump here at Kansas. Really? Mm -hmm. What what event are you I long jump. Let me ask you, um, let me quiz you on history. Okay. Uh, do you know who Glenn Cunningham is? Yes, yeah. yeah. Wow! <laughs> Where's he? Do you know where he's originally from? No, I'm going to guess Kansas, though. Right, he's from Elkhart. Okay, okay. I don't think he's far from Garden No, State. it's not. I drive through there. Do you know him? Did you learn about him in school, or did you know him because you're a track stud yourself? Yeah, yeah, not so much a stud, but yeah, you hear about him. That last comment was provided by Eric Babb, a student at KU and a native of Garden City, Kansas. Three days after our interview, Babb won the long jump event with a personal best distance of 25 feet, nine and a half inches. During the 1936 games, Glenn Cunningham's friend Jesse Owens won gold in the long jump with a distance of 26 feet, five and a half inches. The Cunningham Letter and other objects featured in the museum's podcast are currently on exhibit at the Kansas Museum of History. Come back in two weeks when Nikayla Zimmerman and I use a drafting table to settle a long-standing dispute. Which university has the best field house? I am Nikayla Zimmerman, 2000 graduate of the University of Kansas, and I'm standing in Allen Fieldhouse, the greatest field house in the state of Kansas. I'm Merle Riedel, 2001 graduate of Kansas State University, and I am standing in Ahern Fieldhouse, the greatest fieldhouse in the world. Oh, what?